Hello, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to a special edition of Rig Life. Let's call it the flight deck, because I am here with a good friend of mine by the name of Kalinda. Hi, Kalinda. Good afternoon. So Kalinda is a... Do you like to be called stewardess, flight attendant? What is? What do you like? The typical common use name now is flight attendant. Flight attendant. So you are a flight attendant, but also work as a flight director. Actually, I've got a better idea. Why don't you tell everybody about who you are and what you do and all that fun stuff? Okay. I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. So as a flight attendant, that is our common referred to around the world name internationally now. Uh, We used to be called stews or stewardesses. Sometimes a purser came into the uh, common use as well. That's the typical older version for an in-charge or a cabin service director or in my case, a flight director. That's the term we use at the airline I work for. You're the big boss. I'm the boss lady on the plane. (laughs) The head stewardess. Oh. Uh, as my gay friend used to be, head stewardess. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, we are a team, and I just like to be preferred, preferred to be called a team leader. Okay. Uh, but uh, we are called flight directors uh, at the company I work for. Cool. And um, we are safety professionals. A lot of think of us, you know, sometimes we'll get called waitress mm. in the aisle. Excuse me, waitress. Are you um, really called that? Yes. Occasionally uh, we still are poked in the arm or poked in the stomach or the butt or whatever. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Especially on Greek flights. They're very big pokers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go too far with that one. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, excuse me, miss or ma'am always works well as well. Yeah. Eh, all right. Pardon me or pardon moi yeah. in French or whatever. But um, we are a safety professional. Our main goal, we never do our real role that we're trained for, which is to save your life. Which but, you hope to never do, right? Exactly. Absolutely. We hope to never do. So we are trained in a variety of thing, uh, emergencies, all types. So we sometimes wear the hat of a fireman, God forbid, sometimes a nurse, um, and sometimes a referee um, <laughs> with the whistle and the black and white shirt. But yeah. Anyway, um, and of course, uh, any type of uh, actual emergency, whether it be on land or water, again, God forbid that won't happen, but we are fully trained in to deal with a, a variety of emergencies on board, uh, on the ground, in the air, and medically, of course. So we are safety professionals. So the supplemental thing that we do, that's that customer service thing. So I, I think that a lot of people, I think this clears it up for quite a few people about what your role is, because I think oftentimes when people think of a flight attendant or stewardess, they see this like, you know, blonde bombshell and like this like tight little cute little outfit and, you know, walking with a little tray up and down the aisles. Sacheting. Is that it? Sachet. There is a method to going up and down the aisle. <laughs> but you know so what as I mean? to not hit all the elbows. Yes. So I think that that, I don't know if people still see it that way. Not um, so much anymore. You know, I've even seen people dress up at Halloween as a stewardess and they've got like a three inch skirt and 10 inch heels. <laughs> like, what are you? Oh, I'm a flight attendant. I'm a stewardess. But no, I think it's important that people understand uh, your role is that is not to be um, a waitress. Correct. Um, or um, a pillow fluffer or, or whatever. Uh, you're, you're there for comfort. Absolutely. But years think- and years ago in the 50s, they used to have to change uniforms. So at night they would have to put on pajamas and 
What? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Pajamas? Yeah. So they have like different outfits. This is going way back. Wow, that's cool. And you couldn't be married. You couldn't get pregnant. There was a lot of restrictions on your height and your weight, which we still have a limit that you have to be physically fit and able to reach and utilize the safety equipment on board the aircraft. Well, that makes total sense. Of course. Um, But now, at least in Canada, where we are, uh, there aren't as many restrictions on that. I believe there are some countries in the world where they still restrict some of these common, everyday, normal things, such as whether you can be married or not. Wow. Yeah. What about things like tattoos? Uh, There used to be some restrictions. There still are. Um, As a progressive country, we've come a long way. Mm-hmm. So as long as your tattoo is not offensive, again, it depends on the airline you work for. Uh, they have cost, customary grooming and etiquette type. So um, you shouldn't have like love hate on your forehead. No, that would or be f, f you. That would be a very bad thing. <laughs> you might have to pull pull your hair over top. <laughs> and I mean, some people, even though their tattoo is completely normal or. Yeah, non-offensive not, not yeah they choose to wear either like an opaque tights over it if it's on their leg or yeah. on they full wear a full sleeve uh shirt just because they prefer to be more comfortable i, I think uniforms nowadays have become a little um less like for instance in the hospital it used to be for the women a white dress cap nylon exactly. shoes the whole bit um i now it's pretty much scrubs even a t-shirt and scrub pants that kind of thing um comfort uh you know i guess in restaurants it was often that you know that skirt that you'd see on the you know flow you know that outfit or um you know black and whites different things like that and throughout the years i've noticed that as much as these things have changed that for flight attendants there's still a very specific uniform to wear yes and they actually have to conform to certain regulations regarding fire retardancy oh really yes but don't you find that that you guys still have a very kind of strict well the company whatever company you work for they want to present a certain image so absolutely yeah you want to be well pressed and professionally groomed and you just uh, show up in uh ripped jeans and yeah i'm here to take out the flight no (laughs) (laughs) no even when you're traveling as a passenger on your benefits, that's come up in the news a couple of times. Um, you are not permitted to wear just anything. You have to conform to a certain oh. casual business, casual dress code. Yeah. So even if you're on the flight. As a passenger? As a, yeah, yeah. Going on vacation. You yeah. have to look. Absolutely. Together. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Let's let's get into some some maybe some funny stories, um, some things. I, I know that you've told me some stuff over the years and uh, that have just, I, I guess I, it's my equivalent to when I tell an ER story, people go, what? And then you tell me your your flying stories and I'm like, what? Exactly. You're well, in I this think- like enclosed space, 30,000 feet above the air. And it's like people get up to shenanigans and it's like, holy fuck, you've just got this tiny little space. Exactly. Well, most importantly, I think the most important thing to realize, as we mentioned at the beginning, is that we are here for your safety and your comfort, primarily your safety. So when we ask something of you, whether it be to fasten your seatbelts or remove your headphones or whatever it is, stow your baggage wherever it's supposed to be stowed, there is a reason behind it. We're not speaking to hear the sound of our voice. (laughs) And frankly, we should only have to ask once. Actual noncompliance with... The request of a cabin crew member is an offense. Really? And you can be 
brought up on charges for that. I, if, I could. I mean, that makes sense. If it gets out of hand, of course. Like, I think you guys are probably pretty loose with that. But if they, if someone's really being obnoxious about it. It's part of our uh, disturbance yeah. levels in, in a disruptive passenger. And you can be offloaded if at any point oh, you're man. too ignorant or so they just or... open the door and you just put a foot in the lower back and you kick them off well with a with a with a blanket and say how about it <laughs> not in <laughs> flight but we prefer to of course avoid any of that getting on the plane prior yeah i guess so that... like people are too drunk or something absolutely or... you're not supposed to be actually intoxicated at all prior to, to arriving on the plane is it true that when you're flying and have a couple drinks that it affects you more absolutely yes and how do, how does that work uh just because the air the pressure cab- the cabin pressure yeah. cabin pressure i've heard that and i didn't know if if that was a, a myth or not yeah so you have a couple drinks like like two would be like four kind of thing absolutely yeah. wow that's that's the other thing a lot of we encounter a lot of the time is people who are afraid of flying and they have a couple of beverages to take the edge off really that's not a good idea especially if for any reason your doctor has given you some medication for anxiety or you're uh. already taking something for anxiety which is common in the days yeah now for antidepressants or whatever you might be taking that already boosts the effects of alcohol yeah so it's important if you are first off kudos for conquering your fear to get on the plane you want to go on vacation the rest of the family's like hey let's go on vacation but you're afraid of flying well i give you kudos all the more power to you for getting on that plane however make sure that you speak to your doctor explain your situation and they can give you some medication or methods of meditation or whatever it is that works best to help you with that you guys just so casually and confidently get on the plane it's like oh i just flew to blah and blue and blah and i'm like you're just so yeah yeah whatever you mean you know I think one of my favorite things is when I've seen you like just get out the door for work and you're like all snappy in your uniform and you're like at the the, the feet going with the case. And I'm just like, well, you look really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) You guys all do. You all have this purpose and this, you know, uniform on and you're off to fly somewhere exotic. And uh, I just think it's sometimes not exotic, not exotic, but but there is a purpose, of course, to write. Well, to someone in the world where you're going in is, is exotic. You know, like to me, I've never been to Europe. So mm-hmm. anywhere you've ever been there is is like, oh, it's cool. All right. Um, why don't you tell us uh, maybe a smoking story or two? Well, of course, when I began my career 24 years ago, it'll be 25, my 25th anniversary this summer. And you don't look a day younger than Thank you. um, 25. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, there was smoking permitted. Um, in- I meant a day older. Yes, I am. A day younger. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, in Europe, at least when I started, there were still airlines that allowed smoking on board. However, we do not and never have, uh, at least when I started. That being said, that doesn't mean people don't try. <laughs> so you used to be able to smoke? In your in European airlines when I began my career. Whoa. Yeah. I just think of that tight space. It's, yeah. Boxed air. Not good. Ugh. No. I would have spent all my money on dry cleaning for sure. Yeah. If I oh had. Oh, my God. Yeah. But thankfully, it had been banned in Canada already. So, um, but yeah, like I said, that doesn't mean people don't try. Um, Can you give me an example? Um, going from Cuba to Montreal, lady goes into the, the washroom that's literally inches from the flight deck and lights up a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, they were calling me before... It even went off because they could smell it right away. Oh, my goodness. And that's um, insane. Like, who does that? Fire on board an aircraft is absolutely our biggest, biggest 
enemy ever. Are you kidding me? I mean, do you have to even explain that? Like, how, how does someone... I mean, yes, obviously. And that's... How do you... Someone not get that? Addiction oh. is a hard thing to deal with. So, I mean, get your Nicorette gum if you're a smoker <laughs> or your sprays or stock up before you get on because... Okay, so... Geez. You don't want to start or or equally finish your vacation by being met by authorities and hauled off to be charged for... What is a federal offense? Because yeah. so, what did you do? What did you do? Uh, I immediately knocked, pounded, really on the door. Yeah, told her I was opening the door. I didn't know at the time it was a woman, but I did obviously when I yeah. opened, found out it was a woman. And immediately, of course, smelled the smoke. She had like, did it just like waft out of there? That has occurred in previous cases from my friends and colleagues. I didn't actually see it's a it. tiny room. The bathroom. I didn't actually. <laughs> what they do do sometimes is they smoke into the toilet, which oh <laughs> god, that's awful. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just stick my. You know that you have an addiction when it's like I'll stick my head in the shitter. <laughs> Yes, more on the, the lavatory use later. Yeah. However, so she had... Oh, no! <laughs> well, no, just... Yeah. yeah. N- never go in without shoes. Oh! People are like, right. oh, that's it. Yeah, that's just, just... There's no need to explain further. Just don't go in without your shoes because we do our best, as do the groomers, to clean a lavatory. But I would never in a million years go with bare feet. It's absolutely... Not a safe place for your feet. I don't want to look at your feet anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, honestly. Okay, so finish finish this um, part, please. So the smoker, so she, um, uh, and of course, she, we were going to uh, Montreal, so she, I had to speak to her in both English and French and say, you know, that's forbidden. And um, asked her where the cigarette was. Because, of course, if she didn't properly extinguish it, and it's in the paper of the waste that's a oh. huge, huge huge fire risk obviously mm-hmm. um immediately confiscated her cigarettes and lighter mm-hmm. and then proceeded with our normal procedure for contravening the no smoking law aboard the aircraft which was get all her information her passport her seat number date of birth you know the whole shenanigans and you does she get her smokes and stuff back afterwards eventually yes so she can't be like you stole my things absolutely no, that brings up a really good point because even if someone drinks their own alcohol on board which is also strictly forbidden by federal law. Yeah. So when I say federal, I'm indicating that it is, in fact, a criminal offense. Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's serious, yeah. It's very serious. Um, and unfortunately, it has had to be made into a federal law because yeah. people break these laws. Absolutely. So you got to, you know... Uh, anyway, so carry on. <laughs> I still scratch my head as yeah, well. Yeah, I bet. Anyway, so... And then when we arrived in... Um, at destination, she was uh, greeted by the authorities, and they asked me if I wanted to press charges, and I said, yes, absolutely, as per Transport Canada regulations, yes. Do you get a sense that maybe she might have done this before? I'm thinking yes, maybe, but I think... I, I think she, that some people might think, uh, do you press charges, yes or no, but how else do you deter someone like this from doing it again? Charge them. Like, you have to have... So what would the charges be? Um, I would have to look it up, but it's upwards of um two to three thousand dollars. Wow, jail time! It could be if they if they were in the bathroom and tampered with the smoke detector, Ooh. and then you add in, of course, sabotage of the aircraft or destruction of aircraft property. So it's really just, it's really not a good idea. You're gonna no. get into a mess of criminal legal trouble just to have your smoke. Yeah, get Nicorette gum or yeah. whatever. 
gum that you need. I know you're not denying the addiction. You're just saying no. like be prepared for that be time prepared. where you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not like you're on a bus and you're going to get off and, you know, go for a, a greasy burger somewhere and you can have a smoke. This is, to me, I look at it the same as like smoking in a submarine. One, you're underwater, one, you're up in the air, but you can't just get out. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. And I understand that um, anxiety that comes with that and stuff yeah. like that. I understand that. But there are other ways and you need to focus on finding a solution so that you can have a safe and happy flight for everybody, not okay. just yourself. Absolutely. What and about- not encounter legal trouble. Okay. Now, what about people uh, wanting to shove things into the overhead compartments or crazy stuff like anything that you've seen that i have a friend who was on a flight to uh greece okay and they we we prefer as an airline and many other airlines do prefer for several reasons to prefer have any bottles from duty free because they're liquid Mm -hmm. underneath the seat in front of you especially because they're in a slippery plastic bag a lot of the time they can move around in the overhead bin they could leak yeah which is also they could fall out and hit somebody on the head (laughs) or because you want to fall asleep from, or you want to, pardon me, you want to fall unconscious from drinking the, well, maybe not. Not from being whacked in the head. With exactly. Water. That's where I was going with that. Honestly, I didn't however, have a drop. <laughs> however, in this case, um, somebody did put their alcohol bottles in the overhead bin. And then another person came along with their baggage and just rammed it into the overhead bin. And the bag with the bottles came flying out, hit an armrest shattered into i don't know however many pieces oh jesus and then one of those pieces flew into the arm of a gentleman okay and then his wife thought it would be a good idea to pull it out oh my god and uh, they didn't go to greece they were rushed to the hospital oh because it was right in the artery that's insane it is insane but yeah it's not that easy crazy hit, crazy it's not that easy to hit an artery so yeah i mean it was just like Cray, cray. I mean, it is and it isn't, but usually you don't hear about flying glass hits an artery and it's... Yeah. So he was just squirting all over the place. It was like a... She said it was like a horror movie. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Like I said, going back to when we asked you to As just, much as these are funny stories, these are lessons in, in, absolutely, in not, yeah. not wanting to... When we ask you to do something, there's yeah. a reason behind it. Um. Okay, let's... let's what Always going back to safety. Always related to safety. What about... Um, what about... Uh, like any any other kind of silly stuff that you've seen happen or that you deal with on a regular basis um this is kind of like a do and don't <laughs> do and don't yeah. um we, well sometimes people try to smuggle animals oh. or things from other countries so that um, are alive yeah like what um birds scorpions no tarantulas into the luggage or onto the actual like onto the actual plane i can't imagine that's a horror it's snakes on a plane right so you got this tarantula could be snakes we did actually have a tarantula incident so you can see a tarantula just like be bopping around oh how did i get um, here i've heard of other airlines where uh, i guess the guy was out in maybe whatever caribbean country out in the, the jungle and he had um shoes that had like he hadn't put on since he was there okay and he packed them and then there was a scorpion in his shoe. So and that was accidental. So he, so he, you know, you're at your your beach destination. You're wearing your flip flops, and you get on the plane, and they're like, "Okay, time to change for the cold weather in Canada." Yeah. And he went to put on these boots or whatever, and there was a scorpion. Yeah, these are my worst nightmares. Mm. I'm always um, impressed by Australians and my friends from Australia, where they talk about like just so um, casually about <laughs> like 
They've got probably every scary animal that exists in their one little country. Exactly. I guess it's not so little. I'm thinking by population. But anyway, I made this joke about Mother Nature, you know, had a little bit too much to drink today or was a little bit intoxicated and went, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put everything scary here and then I'll stick people on it. And so when they talk about it, they're just like, yeah, yeah, this uh, deadly thing went into the uh, like a kid's bathroom and we just knocked it out and moved it outside. <laughs> like what? So this to me is like that same kind of scary idea where because you're flying all over the place, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, the incident, we did have um, a situation with tarantulas. And where we came from, there is absolutely no way that they got onto the plane without human help. Without human help. Oh, okay. Great. I.e. somebody was trying to smuggle them into the country. Yeah. I'll just take a few tarantulas along with me. Yeah. Um. The biggest problem for tarantulas, though, as a side note, is not actually them biting you or their venom because most of them aren't very, yeah. you know, they, you get quite sick, but the barbs of the tarantula, they, they cause like, they cause major pain and injury. Um, and if for any reason, cellulitis or I suppose so. Yeah. You're the nurse. You tell me. But I know <laughs> for a fact that um, if you inhale a barb from a tarantula, there's absolutely no way to get it out of your lungs. Really? Yeah. We'll double check that fact later, but I'm pretty sure. I'm even more scared. I'm like, bite me, you bastard, but don't get in my <laughs> Could you imagine, like, the luck of that? You hear about people, like, by accident inhaling a seed, and then they've got, like, a apple tree sprouting in their lung. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, they have shortness of breath. Come oh, on. Then. Oh, it's a tarantula barb that's in my lung. Like, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I love stories like this or hearing things like this. As, as awful as it is, it just fascinates me. Um. You once told me about one of the coolest things I've ever heard, where you experienced something that I think most people will never have the chance to experience at that. So if you're comfortable, why don't you, you tell me about, I think mm. you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do. Well, many times, if you're lucky enough going overseas at a certain time in the summer, you can you can witness the Aurora Borealis if you are awake and looking out the window at oh, the time. must be spectacular. It is like you can reach out and touch it. Yeah. It's a shame that we can no longer, since September 11th, have people in the flight deck for visits in the air. Yeah. Uh, because the view from up there is absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. And in all respects, from whether you're flying over Iceland or Greenland or yeah. the mountains of BC or wherever you're flying. You're seeing the whole front view of everything, right? Indeed. Like indeed. a 180 kind of I've view. I've passed over uh, Greenland with another aircraft going underneath. Oh, man. A couple thousand feet below. Yeah. It was very oh, cool. Yeah. Opposite direction. Um, and I've also seen like a giant uh, 747 from Lufthansa passing us. Oh, my God. About so like, a, how far would you say? Um, it depends whether you're talking vertically or horizontally. <laughs> I don't know. I understand how that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, d crossing the Atlantic, you have to be a certain amount of feet oh, apart okay. from each other yeah. uh, on an altitude level. Oh, okay. And then on a space to the left or right or port. Oh, there's and math involved in that. So there is. Yes. I, I don't want to. And I'm not going to go with the math because <laughs> my my, phobe, my my strength is not math. But there is a certain, um, it depends on where you are, how far over the Atlantic, if you're over land or whatever. But that's something people can look up if they are interested. It must be huge to see. It's, is it scary? Uh, it's it... about that, I think, from left to right or starboard to uh, port, as they say. It's about a thousand feet, depending on the which how and also everything factors in your speed of the aircraft yeah. you're traveling in that's huge but yeah it's pretty cool okay so what about this other thing the most cool thing is what you were alluding to earlier is i was on a flight to cuba okay this is about 
probably about 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe I might have to look up the math on that. When the space shuttle was still going. That's cool. And that's what I saw. So the captain called me and he said, uh, hey, what are you doing? And I, you know, I answered the phone as the flight director. I answered Mm -hmm. the phone. And I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm like, it's a short flight to keep. I'm like, I'm doing service, dude. What do you need? Yeah, yeah. But that's in my head, of course. I'm like, no, I just, you know, what do you need? Do you need a coffee or whatever? (laughs) Uh, Very nice captain as well. And uh, he's like, no, it's just the space shuttle's about to take off. I'm like, I'll be right in. Click. And I hang up the phone and grab the other cabin attendant with with me at the front and we go in. And about maybe 10, 15 seconds after we get into flight deck, the clouds below us just go this complete for my, I don't know how many miles you could look that up to probably just for up. miles around. It goes a bright orange. And then this little flaming thing just goes. Oh my God. And it was gone in a matter of like seconds, 20 seconds or less. You see, oh my God. See, most of us will just. If we're lucky to even be at what, like, like Cape Canaveral or... Yeah, we were close to... I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Mm -hmm. You know, you see it from the bottom up and there it's gone, but you get to actually see it, like, as it's it's moving. As it's leaving the the atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, and, and the same eye level as it and i i don't know when you told me that i was i was blown away it's still like i'll I'll tell people about that i'm like that's one of the coolest things i've ever heard it's still the coolest thing i've seen yeah i bet um i think another thing that's cool that you told me about is um your how many languages are you um are you i'm fluent in english french and german so cool what else can you i can speak a smattering of spanish greek very little greek uh italian I learned a few Croatian words. It's so cool. It's one thing, as I mentioned earlier, alluded to. I don't do math, but I'm very good with names and languages. And so, languages. Well, so I if mean, I have people, we're supposed to, in our first class, we're supposed to remember people's names or in economy for that matter. And um, I very frequently do that. And they'll come back in a week and they'll be like, you remembered my name? And I'm like, yes, I did. I think that's really important. I mean, it makes a person feel special. I know I would feel special from that. Um, okay. So can you maybe tell me about, um, a medical emergency that you've had to deal with? Oh gosh. On a daily basis, most airlines, you'd be surprised to, to know how many they go through. Um, each airline is different. Of course, as I alluded to at the very beginning of the program, we are trained in a variety of medical scenarios, emergencies, Heart attack. You saved my giving, life once. That's so. I don't know if I would go that far, but I did <laughs> save you from the water. Yes. We call her CJ every once in a while because I dislocated my shoulder, fell off a uh, a jet ski, and uh, was floating around. And I was trying. I it was terrible. You were. I was afraid you were going to go under because you yeah. had so much pain. I was in so much pain. I was like fainty and pukey and. CJ here <laughs> does this like perfect dive into the water and comes up to me and she's like, hold on to my back. Let's go. And she gets me up to the ladder and helps push me up. And uh, I was just like, well, I need, we need to get you out of the water. You <laughs> saved my life. We needed to get you out of the water and we needed to get you around the dock to yeah. a, a boat that had a ladder so we could get Everybody's you. like, everybody else is like, oh dear. Oh, this is terrible. What's going on? And then you're like in the water. <laughs> It kicks in. Your training kicks in. Exactly. So even in, in in everyday life, it can sometimes very much come in. in uh, well, that just shows you how like it becomes so natural. Like uh, my partner the other day got bit by a dog and immediately it was like, phew, you go into that. Okay, yep. what do we have to do? I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't worked in a hospital in a while, but you just automatically, your brain goes, I've got to do this, 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 and this. Yep. And it's amazing how 
fast it it mm. comes anyway I, I've, I've taken you off topic here so no but it's an important point because <clears throat> going back to the beginning a lot of people just still just see us as you know the the girls or the guys on the plane that serve us coffee or why can't i get my sandwich that i ordered or my meal yeah. but you're everybody's best chance at staying alive yes like <clears throat> i thought one of the things I and mean, we'll get that back to the medical emergency type thing i think one of the things that i didn't understand you've explained to me is that the positioning of the of a person beside the the doors in the middle of the plane the emergency exits you have to have like if you're sitting at an emergency exit what we consider an emergency exit if whether it be an overwing exit or an actual physical door yeah you need to have a fit person absolutely you have to be physically and cognitively or however you want to call it mentally yeah. uh able to function no cane so if you had like a really <laughs> no visual impairment which i did have recently somebody was yeah. accidentally sat at the wrong i mean they had some vision but you know yeah and um, so if you're like really pregnant or very elder like or elderly no, that you're kind of not thing, sitting at the exit or a little kid yeah like you're you have to be yeah. above a certain age depending on the country for us it's 16 so some people so someone may be moved at times to Absolutely. make that safe so i think that's important for people to know as well because i didn't even didn't even cross my mind yeah. so if it was like you need to move lady because well i'm sure you wouldn't say it like that hey brad get a seat <laughs> no. can you imagine i could just see you excuse me please oh, we um, have to do this for safety yeah reasons. and they have to be um if it is an unmanned exit meaning not no flight attendant sitting directly in by that that exit uh-huh. uh they must receive a pre-flight briefing uh-huh. and be able to understand it in canada yeah in english or french cool so what is like um yeah what's one what is the you think the the scariest emergency that you've ever had to deal with um can i knock on, i'll just theoretically knock on wood oh here. you can knock on wood there we go <laughs> uh i have pulled out the defibrillator which okay. we have two of on uh sorry one on each aircraft okay we have full full medical kits two of them on each aircraft again it depends on what airline you work for what equipment you have um I've never used it. Yeah, that Thank knock God. on wood is really good. It sounds like you'd be confident Probably, yeah, using it, though. No, yeah, no, don't. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I hope not. Um, um, what have, I've been pretty lucky. I did have a gentleman... Um, you ever get this, is there a doctor on the plane? And then the doctor comes out? Um, yeah, we have, yeah. Because you see that sometimes, like, you know, in a, I don't know whether it's like a movie or tv show and they'll say is there any doctors on the plane and then it's like yes i i am and it comes out you've you've actually done that absolutely yeah cool yeah <laughs> um and again i'm not sure it's something that um all airlines have but i i would assume they do there's a system set up so that if you do not have or even when we do have a medical professional on board there's a system where we can connect to the ground connect to a specific company that oh, and offers, walk you through it? it yes absolutely cool. so they also have a say and they have like ultimate authority over what happens to the patient at that point um they're specifically trained uh er doctors who assist us if there is no medical professional or even yeah. if there is uh prepare if we have a diversion which airport we're going to having everybody ready at that facility at that airport whatever it be you've had some, some people like pass out or absolutely yeah I had a guy, like... uh, the, the one i think that was kind of like the, the scariest only because his blood pressure got so low mm-hmm. uh was the gentleman who took a, a sleeping pill and i cannot recall the name of it but you told me okay that they stopped using it because it made people pass out it was causing their blood pressures to drop yeah, yeah. so he took that had had never taken it before 
and proceeded to pass out in his seat. And his partner was like, you know, so we immediately were alerted to the fact. And then we had to um, administer oxygen um, and that sort of thing. Um, It helps a lot when the blood pressure is low. Uh, yeah, you want to get that oxygen moving yeah. through the body for sure. So, and of course, he wasn't unconscious for very long, but, um, you know, there's always a risk when someone does lose consciousness if they're going to stop breathing, you know. So how do you guys deal with turbulence? Because once I I had flown a few times and then I was making a trip from Ottawa to Vancouver. And once we were getting closer to Alberta, there was a wicked storm. And to me, and I'm sure I was wrong, but to me, I felt we were dropping like thousands of feet at a time. Now, I'm pretty (laughs) sure we won't, but it was like stuff was dropping. Things were flying around. Um, Why you should always wear your seatbelt. And I was like sideways, like honestly, like the we went sideways a bit so that we were like falling on, like, you know what I mean? Like leaning onto each other. And I was like, you know, uh, no cool calm flyer and then this happened and i'm like oh my god when we landed the uh the pilot comes on and is like you know their calm voice okay now we're in calgary airport and blah, blah, da, 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 and everything's fine everybody stood up and gave a standing ovation we we're like yeah we're here kiss the ground and we're waiting to be let off and then half an hour later or so i guess they de-iced the planes refueled the whole bit and then took off we're all like what Was Calgary not your final destination? No, I was going to Vancouver. Oh, okay. So we still had a bit to go. So I guess the gas was getting, the fuel was getting low and the the wings were getting icy. And I guess they decided to land safely to refuel. I don't know, and de-ice or something. But we thought we were all going to get off there and sort of like, I'll I'll thumb it. I'm I'm not, I'm not. Were you originally supposed to stop in Calgary? Like, did passengers get off? No, it was a direct flight. Direct or nonstop? There is a difference. Well, we went from, we were supposed to go to Ottawa directly to Vancouver. Directly can mean you stop. Non-stop means you don't stop. Okay, directly. Now, that's a bit of a, um, that's confusing. Mm-hmm. Very much so. To many, many people I've spoken to over the years who were upset that we're making a stop somewhere. So how do you call it direct then? Because it's a direct, the most direct line. Okay, so it's like a straight it's the straightest way there. Oh God! Check okay. the fine print. <laughs> okay, your so ticket. In terms of turbulence and things like that, like what? What's like? Have you ever had? Have you actually ever been really scared before? Truthfully, no. Because I, mean, I you're up, just so I, calm about it. <laughs> well, I grew up in a small plane with my my our, my dad was a private pilot. So, uh, but I will tell you the worst turbulence I've ever experienced was actually shortly after September 11th. Okay. Um, we were traveling overseas. We were originally planning to, we had a direct flight, meaning we had a stop planned <laughs> <laughs> to, because our destination was uh, Greece. Yeah. We were traveling to Greece and we were supposed to stop in Shannon, mm-hmm. which is up north and, you know, it's an easy stop. They're perfect. They're like the pit crew, excellente yeah. of stopovers, right? <laughs> like they're number uno. Anyway, um, and plus you just go over and then down from there. So we were advised by the aircraft in front of us which is there's two ways to know about turbulence one is to be on the chart so on the flight plan that the pilots look at and examine and they see the jet stream that we may be passing through so they'll know hey we're probably going to experience some turbulence there or it's been reported previous flights that have gone in that same route that morning or later that whatever before you 
if they've gone before you, so to speak, and they've experienced it. Uh, it may dissipate by the time you get there. Yeah. Um, typically, though, we find if he says in the briefing there's going to be no turbulence, there will be some. And if he says there's going to be turbulence, there then is. there isn't any. <laughs> it's that Murphy's Law, right? It's like Murphy's Law. It but, feels um, like the plane is going to fall apart, though, if you don't no, really know what's flexible. happening. They're very flexible. Well, that's the thing, too. I, I sat by a window seat once, and I saw the wings kind of flexing a bit, and I'm like, are they going to break? No, but that's because I don't get it. Like, they, they're supposed you know, to do that. Yeah. So if it Just wasn't, like a bird. Just like a bird. Though. So um, the 747 from British Airways in front of us was reporting severe turbulence. Now, for me... In our company's history, there's only been two incidents of what we report as severe. And pretty sure this was one of them. <laughs> one of the two. Um, so we secured, we put the seatbelt sign on in advance yeah, of getting you know to that, coming. that point in the flight plan. Okay. Secured everything. And I was in the rear of the aircraft at that time in my position, sitting facing towards the front of the aircraft. So when we sit in our jump seats, uh, as they are called, our seat that has our five-point harness when we sit in that uh for landing or takeoff we have a particular safe method of sitting i was sitting in my jump seat with my head against the back of the headrest because if i didn't i would have been not unlike your flight to calgary uh moved around a lot oh my goodness we there was trays because we just started meal service we didn't have time to pick up the trays but we had time to like secure all the trolleys and put you know the seat belts on and check everyone's seat belts and baggage Baggage as well, not just your seatbelt. Because if you have a bag sitting on an empty seat and it flies up into the air, it could injure somebody. Well, yeah, it's airborne. It's a projectile. Right? Exactly. Exactly <laughs> that. So trays were going in the aisle. People were screaming. People were crying. Um, the plane was moving the most that I've ever felt it. And it's a big, heavy aircraft, the Lockheed Al-1011. It, yeah. It's a... <laughs> my father used to call it the concrete cloud because <laughs> it just... It flew. It just flew. It didn't move for much. Yeah. Uh, but again, the 747 in front of you is referring referring to severe turbulence ahead, then you probably should buckle it. So Ooh. we, um, yeah, that was the most uh, vicious, I guess, or yeah. severe turbulence. So. Oh, my goodness. And there was, you know, there was quite a few. Are people freaking out? Vomit bags to pick up oh. after <laughs> and stuff like that. And a, a few extra grooming things that had to be done because, like, the food fell in, you know, from the tray yeah, onto yeah. the carpet. But everyone was good. Everyone was survived. And nobody was, you know, injured because we were prepared. And I could talk to you about this all day. Um, you just have so many cool stories. Well, thank you. I think we're going to end up the show at this point. Uh, will you come back on again? Sure, absolutely. I'd love to. Yes, because I have like a billion other things I want to ask you. And of course, I can't think of any right now. Um <laughs> And we may get some questions from the audience. That's true. We might get some, I bet you, you know what? We will. I'm sure. Um, I put in an episode once that said, like, what not to do in the ER. And it's been one of my more popular ones. So maybe we could put one together, like a kind of a humorous one, but not funny, not funny of what not to do. Although you've given some some good tips here. Um, okay. So is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Just realize that we are safety professionals. That is our job to make sure that you arrive from point A to point B safely. And if we ask something of you, there is a reason. We're not just making it up. Yeah. So please comply with our regulations. Whoever, whatever airline you're traveling with, whatever country, um, please realize that. Okay. And we're here. And then after that, we're happy to get you your soda and let us know if you want ice or if it's coffee, do let us know if you want cream. Because when I <laughs> hand it to you and you're like, and I walk away, you're like, 
I get it. I've had. I'll have a black coffee. You have a patient. And then I hand it to them and they're like, oh, I need cream. That's not black coffee. That's coffee with cream. That's, you know, that's where I. And don't go in the bathroom without shoes. (laughs) Period. We discussed, though, how similar our jobs can be in in terms of dealing with uh, lots of different things like that. Uh, But, I mean, someone, some people will ring the call bell and can I have another pillow? Sure. Uh, Five minutes later, can I have some cold water? five minutes later and it's like what i would do is go all right tell me all and i would come back with a pie on them like okay so you're good for now you've got your meds should we end with the bad potato story the bad potatoes oh yes go ahead <laughs> you do have a good potato story the bad potato story so very long story no, this short is, this is good this is good uh a friend of ours who was previously a flight attendant that worked with my sister she was working flying somewhere i think either for personal or business reasons with a different airline that she worked for in the south you know how they can be all yo yo ma'am yes ma'am no ma'am what do you need ma'am surely ma'am anyway so this lady after they took off they did the meal service and before that though on even on the ground i think she rang and she wanted like like you said a blanket or a glass of water and i mean if you need water to take a pill before takeoff we can do that um boarding is a hectic time but if you need it shortly after boarding or before takeoff we can do that so anyway, so they did, then they did the, either the beverage service and the meal or both. I can't remember exactly which um, she said they were doing. But so after that, they, we get a bit of a break while everyone's eating, I guess, before coffee or tea service to sort of maybe have a bite or have a coffee ourselves or whatever. So the this call light rings again for like probably the sixth time mm-hmm. for this lady who was Difficult. getting a little bit on the nerves of this southern bell yeah flight attendants as speak who was very polite of course yeah. yes ma'am no ma'am yeah so she goes over to the lady she goes yes ma'am <laughs> with a bit of a further a little yeah. yes ma'am what can i do for you and she points to her meal and she goes this potato is bad so the flight attendant without missing a beat picked up the casserole and goes with her finger bad potato very bad potato <laughs> it puts the casserole back down on the lady's tray <laughs> And says, now, ma'am, if that potato gives you any more trouble, you just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I walked back to the galley. And needless to say, the woman never rang the call battle for the rest. Call bell for the rest of the flight. That is that is an amazing story. I love it. The person's either going to be like, well, I'm reporting you. Or they're going to just be stunned and go, "Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Yeah, I think it was the latter. You see, you got to have a sense of humor, right? Absolutely. Oh, man. Okay, I could, we could like I said, we could talk about this all day. I'm gonna have to have you back on again, very, 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 very soon. Um, maybe you could think of some more uh, experiences, and I'll definitely have a list for you. So we're gonna end today's show on this. Uh, thank you for listening to the special. Happy and safe flying, everyone. Happy and safe flying, and um, remember to take care of yourself, take care of one another, and uh, most importantly, love yourself. Peace and love.